You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high somewhat on the Kisten Solak Show. This is episode 109 brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. It's getting hard to get through this intro because all I can think about is Clayton Thorson. But I am joined by Benjamin Solak who has thoughts on the matter. Don't don't say the name. <laughs> Do not sully the podcast with the mention. Well, I, I mean, you said you wanted to go after it right after the top. This is I am so <laughs> upset. And if you would think that because I knew this is what it was going to look like, Same. I would be less upset. You think the fact right. that we both said the moment the pick happened that this was a complete waste of an objectively unvaluable but still draft pick, you'd think that would make it better. Yeah. But it does not. You would also think that an organization like the Philadelphia Eagles, a very smart organization with a very loaded roster, would not make a pick as bad as... As Clayton Thorson. And look, it's one preseason game. He's a rookie, whatever. But two for nine, seven yards, a 0.8 average, zero touchdowns. Two for nine, seven yards. Watch the player play the game. (laughs) It's bad. I mean, there's there's missing, and then there's just existing on a different ethereal plane than the rest of the other physical bodies that are currently on the football field. I was was telling your buddy John Ledyard that he should be dropped off in the Himalayas and tracked by a National Geographic camera crew like he's a snow bull leopard like this this is this is crazy this is crazy that a quarterback that is drafted sport can be does that he bad. believe he's playing I, I what does he think he's doing like what 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 shape are the footballs on the planet that he was born i want them to interview him ask after the game and ask him what he wants to be when he grows up because clearly it's not nfl quarterback no it's it's clearly not nfl quarterback and that's an issue for the eagles because of the news with nate sudfeld and we could talk about that or we continue to rip on thorson i'm good either way because even like like there there were times where receivers dropped the ball for him and you know he's playing with fringe roster guys too but at the same time like the interception he was totally clean had time threw a bad ball Throwing a ball to the flat. You know, they called it pulling the string, as Ross Tucker said. Couldn't even complete that. Yeah, the interception was one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen in my entire life. In terms of, I think every receiver besides the target was open. <laughs> Within half a second of that route concept developing, as a quarterback, you you know hypothetically where the receivers were headed. Within a half second of that play developing, I could have told you that a deep dig was not going to be open. Yeah. And that's not like like that's not like a oh Ben, that's like a I don't know Jack Diddley about football and I could have told you that. That yeah. that route was not gonna open. He had he had a safety over the top of him and a linebacker sinking underneath the route. It's not gonna open. And and he had he had the flat open and he had the uh the 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 other out route outside of it open. No. 
And he just stared at it and chugged in complete mess. Just, there's just nothing salvageable about that play whatsoever. Now, again, it doesn't matter. But, because it's a very good team with very good players. And so if you just say to yourself, well, okay, we have a fifth-round pick. We don't need any players. We're just going to draft a quarterback because if you hit on a quarterback, it's a good situation. All right, cool. But, like, DeAndre Walker, Darius Slayton, Sutton Smith, Gardner Minshew, mm. David Long, who was just playing for the Tennessee Titans, Trace freaking McSorley, get Jerry Green, Mississippi State. There's so many players that, like, actually have legs in the world. Rodney Anderson, Demarcus Christmas, Mike Weber. Just, like, people who could actually stick on an NFL roster. There's At no point have we believed that Clayton Thorson is going to make this roster, and now it's even less likely. Or, I mean, with the Sudfeld injury, now it is actually likely. God be with us. Yeah, and you know, Ben, you stay up until 4 a.m. writing a 1,500-word piece on Nate Sudfeld and how he can use the next four weeks to prove that he can be a capable spot starter if need be. And it's a position, you know, that backup quarterback position that's very important in Philadelphia has proven to be over the past couple of years. And the guy goes out there. He slings a 75-yard touchdown to Marcon Michelle, who somehow burned, like, Olympic speed guy, Dory Jackson. And then he takes a hit, falls back, and the next thing you know, he's being carted off with an air cast on his arm, uh, assumedly because something happened with the wrist. And it sucks, man, because Sudfeld is one of the more entertaining backups that is seeing significant playing time in the preseason because he's not like a dink and dunk guy. He gets after it. But also, this might be the only type of real action for him to show that he's the guy, that he can be the number two that it, that is on a contract year, by the way. And it's extremely unfortunate. And for more context on it, uh, shout out to Gail Saunders, of the 4th and John crew for posting the video of the injury. I added Dr. Chow, a.k.a. Pro Football Doc. You may have heard of him. And he chimed in by saying that the video looked like a left wrist fracture. It's to his non-throwing hand, which is a plus. And, quote, not done for the season, but a while, unquote. So that is bad news all around for the Eagles. And just Thorson looking the way that he did made it even worse. And we can talk about Cody Kessler being like, a decent backup quarterback like that's kind of his ceiling he did go two and two as a starter for the Jaguars last year but he also threw for like an abysmal yards per attempt and they averaged 10.4 points when he had significant playing time in a game for the Jaguars last year so it's looking bad at the quarterback spot the backup quarterback spot for the Eagles yeah now there's like there's a reason that teams did not want Cody Kessler like there's a reason why the Eagles were able to sign him as QB3 now, when you have, like, you know, a young guy that you're trying to make, like the Eagles do with Sudfeld, right, then you don't want to bring in a Kessler unless he's going to be your quarterback three. So I still think he's a very serviceable quarterback, too. You can survive with him if you need to. But in the event of a long Wentz injury, that's not a Foles, you know, like situation. I would argue Sudfeld was also not that, despite kind of the cult following that he has. And Sudfeld, I mean, he's, he's, he's just a rocket on a stick, right? Like, it, there's not much in terms of, of mental processing. He's not a significant player in terms of accuracy. He's just got an absolute hose. And like that, that's good. But I agree with you in the sense that, like, this was, Sudfeld's going to hit free agency next year. So this was a huge opportunity for him to showcase to the other 31 NFL teams that he'd be worthy of, of bringing in as, as a guy who's going to continue to be a backup in the NFL. Right. Like that, that was, this was his opportunity. So him, you know, like the, the six to eight week time frame, that's, you know, weeks three to week five of the regular season. The Eagles will probably be okay going the first four weeks of the NFL season without Carson Wentz having a, a significant backup. If they really think Seinfeld's going to be able to make it back by week three, week four. Um, but it's just a shame because the preseason was valuable for Nate Sudfeld personally. For him to showcase his stuff as best that he could, he was going to get a ton of playing times. The Eagles were not going to risk Wentz playing much, if any, football. Uh, and, and, and he's going to hit free agency next year. He had the opportunity to make some money. And so that, that, that's the real sad thing there. The other disappointing part of it is 
it's now harder to evaluate the Eagles' pass-catching threats because Sudfeld gave them the best chance, like, the best ball of the night in terms of, like, an ability to, like, make a play was the the earlier single white side throw, right. right? Where J. John doesn't end up coming down with that. He made a pretty good play in the football. He ends up trapping it against the ground. But, like, you're not going to get those throws from Kessler or Thorson. And so you lose the opportunity to evaluate your uh, play, your, your weapons in an in-game context with a player of Sudfeld's arm strength and with his willingness to test uh, downfield coverage. So th- that's the disappointing thing from the Eagles side, from the, the, the Sudfeld side. It's simply the money he could have potentially made in 2020. I just, I just got a funny comment from a listener, Marcos Levy, at Marcos Levy A. He said, Mike, don't be yeah, so... Yeah, Marcos good dude. He said, Mike, don't be so hard on Thorson. He had more completions than interceptions. So I guess that the, that's the bar that we're setting for Thorson. Yeah, two-to-one ratio, baby. That's how we like it. Let's do some stock up, stock down, and we can just kind of move around the different positional groups. It doesn't have to be in any kind of order in this, what is it, 27-10 to loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. Very important game. Doesn't really mean anything. Uh, Let's go stock up. LJ Fort, we'll go with the linebackers here. I really like the way that he moved around, and he's a little bit undersized. He's about 230, but, I mean, you talk about a guy who is definitely making this roster, in my opinion, and the sideline-to-sideline range that he showed. Yeah, 230 is size at this point. Like, I wouldn't even call that undersized. Yeah, undersized is a bit strong, but you know what I mean? He's not like a 240 like a Bradham, you know what I mean? So it's it's a little bit on the lighter side of the yeah, LB yeah. spectrum. But stock down, Nate Gary getting washed out, just looking lost, tearing guys Dude. down. He had the touchdown thrown on him. Now, I was, I was talking about the touchdown to Fort. I think that was Jonathan Cyprian's fault. I think Ross Tucker said the same on the broadcast. You thought the same thing. Uh, Cyprian acted like it was his fault, so don't put that against Fort. Don't put any uh, disrespect on his name. It was but, a miscommunication. Yeah. I like somebody was wrong between the two of them. Right. And stock down for Gary. What do you what do you think about those two? I just there's just like like the Nate Gary experiment is probably over. Right. You know, it's 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 very like in, in the sense that you have LJ Fort, you have Paul Warlow, Zach Brown, Nigel Bradham. The question mark is it how long is Camus out? Because if Camus is out long term, you're probably still keeping Gary. But it's simply like there's there's no reason well, I was even talking about this a little bit last year, but it was only his second year and he had gotten bigger and whatever. And like, you know, Gary was kind of in that will fighting job. But even last year, like there's just no reason to believe Gary's going to successfully translate to linebacker. You drafted a guy late for a positional switch. It's a good dart to throw. It didn't work. That's totally fine. Move on. He's gotten bigger, but he's lost speed. He wasn't particularly fast to begin with. Mm. He's not a good cover man. He's an ex-defensive back. He just does not see plays develop well. Does not have a good head for the game up, 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 up near the line. Uh, and like, you know, this like, yeah, he had bad one bad preseason game, but this is not like a take that I decided to make today. <laughs> Gary's just not been able to, to play since since he came in. So I, I don't see him as a desirable roster candidate, especially if Gruget's, you know, uh, healthy enough such that you want to keep him on the roster week one. Fort, yeah, no, no, no. Fort had a, a solid game against twos and threes. You know right. what I mean? I still think Fort's a backup player, um, but the special teams value is going to keep him on the roster for sure. I wasn't like, I don't think I'm super stock up on Fort. I think that's what I expected from him. But like, you know, it's obviously good to see a guy turn out the way that he did. Defensive backs wise, mm. uh, it's stock up. It was probably stock still where Avante Maddox was because yeah. we thought Maddox was good and he played good. It's stock up for Andrew Sandejo, who's mm-hmm. certainly a player who's going to, who, He's going to stay on the roster. Oh, yeah. He's going to stay on the roster. I mean... But let's let's make that clear so we can stop getting that question because I get that question all the time. Yeah. Sandejo is worth more than a fourth-round pick right now. I'd like the fourth-round pick. Like, if they did it, I'd be like, cool. You know, assuming, like, you know, they're cool with Cyprian being 
uh, safety three, which I didn't think Cyprian played that bad, Mike. I know that that might upset you, but I didn't think Cyprian played that bad. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Oh, uh, but no, but Sandejo makes, he's really good closing downhill. I don't think he's super great when stuff's developing behind him, which right. is not ideal for a free safety, but there's a reason why he's not a starter in the league anymore, and that's part of it. Uh, as a safety three, is exactly what you want. He's not Corey Graham. He's not an idiot. Uh, and he and he brings a playmaking ability, closing downhill as a tackler, right? I'm feeling real zesty tonight, Mike. I'm firing on all cylinders. Clayton Thorson's got me cooking. And so, so, so we're in, we're in a good spot with Sunday. Who's your safety three? Yeah, stock down with the safeties though. I got to go with Blank Countess and Trey Sullivan. Sullivan was really bad tonight, man, and he's got a, like a weird hive of people that really like him. But he was allowing easy completions to tight ends. He followed it up by filling incredibly poorly in the alley on a big inside run for the Titans. Uh, he's going to have to fend off Blake Countess, who got first team reps over him. If that tells you anything, so beyond Sendejo and, you know, we'll see what Cyprian does, but it doesn't look real great for the safety four position, which, you know, isn't the worst problem to have. But at the same time, it still could be a problem, especially considering all the injuries that this defensive backfield faced last year. What about offensive line? Stock up Andre Dillard, stock down Jordan Mailata. Would you agree? I wouldn't say stock down Mailata. Mylotta was not going to be like if Mylotta was good in year two, it would be massively shocking. The dude's played football for a year. Let's all chill. Um, to me, Mylotta is like whereabouts I expected him to be, which is still bad. You know what I mean? Like that's that's really okay by me. To clarify something, Ben, when I when I say these stocks, it's it's not necessarily our stocks because I think we both agreed that like. My lotto was going to be a project. I think we both thought that like Fort would be solid, but like kind of unspectacular. Like, like that's like our stock is different than like what a lot of different people think. And I think a lot of people had the expectation that my lotto in year two was suddenly going to transform into this like fringe starter, spot starter capable guy. And it just turns out that the NFL is like really hard. Right. And, and, and yeah, I mean, like, I'm not trying to, like, pick on your stock up, stock down. I'm just trying to, like, have conversations with other players. Fight me, Ben. Yeah, no, this is serious and important podcasting here, <laughs> gang. Stock down Matt Pryor. Gotta be able to play without penalties. Especially when there's a very crowded guard tackle room and you are a guard tackle and just, uh, you know, you can't be having multiple penalties against second Three teamers. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and, and generally, like, not super effective. But yeah, Dillard, it'll get washed over that Dillard's still not like super comfortable coming out of his stance and like getting into his sets. Like he's still a little bit all over the place because he was highly effective. And he was highly effective. Like, you know, Ross Tucker called Camelot Correa a pretty good pass rusher. Uh, Cam like Correa's not not a pretty good pass rusher. Uh, he's a pretty bad pass rusher actually. But like you know, he he's he, he's still he was stonewall in second teamers. That's okay because you're a second teamer. So if you're being out second teamers, you're on schedule. Dillard looked like you'd want your first round pick an offensive tackle to look, especially when you knew what you were getting into. Which yeah, like he wasn't getting into his sets perfectly. But if they work, they work. That's the end. That's the end of the day. Right. And, and he was affected. He's long. He's super nimble. And he looks he looks thick. He looks he looks like he's really fully up to NFL size, which is great. So stock up, uh, uh, stock up Dillard, stock down for me, Matt Pryor on the offensive line, defensive line, stock up literally everybody. Yeah. This defensive line is so good. Like I, I'm, I'm watching Kasim Etabale or whatever that dude's name is, and I was like, shoot, <laughs> let's roster this kid. Here we go, the new Joe Osman. But no, no, no. And all, all joking aside, Deshaun Hall looks great. Yep. Uh, I was an ex third round pick. People forget about this. Now he had the advantage of going up against a second teamer when Josh Sweat was going up against the first teamer and Taylor Lewan, right? That's correct. Yeah, it was Lawan versus Sweat. Yeah, for a good while. Yeah, it was Lawan versus Sweat. But then Conklin wasn't out there against right. uh, Deshaun Hall, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Regardless, even independent of that, 
Hall, Hall was effective. Sweat was was a, a effective in in the reps he had against a guy like Taylor Lewan. He lost several, and that's part of playing Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan's one of the best left tackles in the game right now. Um, but Sweat was able to to push the the uh, to create pressure with the bull rush, rush with good power. He still shows that ability to get to the outside shoulder and to attack set points really nicely. When you had Hall and Sweat regularly winning off the outside corners the way that you did, you were generating a, a really con- a really consistent pass rush. Yeah, like, there wasn't a good pass rush on, like, the Tannehill touchdown throw, but, like, I mean, just Deshaun Hall still won. It was Nate Gary's fault. Yeah. Like, there was some, you know, it was just an odd attribution. Thought Bruce Hector played well. Thought Trayvon Hester played well. Thought Hassan Ridgeway was playing notably well yeah. before going down with injury. Um, Ridgeway was really impressive, especially in the run game as that interior guy. So every, every edge, every defensive tackle that I saw was putting out significant quality snaps. Even Sharif Miller had a couple of good plays, mm-hmm. brother. Even Sharif Miller. Yep. So the Eagles defense line, the, who they keep is going to end up being valuable for them. They got a ton of good options. Yeah, I agree. And an update on Ridgeway. He was being evaluated for a concussion, so we'll keep you updated on that. Maybe Doug will speak on it in the presser. That'll be up on at the podium tomorrow. Also, Charles Johnson, the wide receiver, he picked up a foot injury during the game and did not return. When we come back, we'll do some more stock up. Stock down as we recap the very exciting and erotic week one preseason game between the Eagles and the Titans coming up next year on the Kist and Solak show. We'll be right back. And we are back here on the Kist and Solak show episode 109 brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak as we recap week one preseason action of the Eagles and the Titans. Let's do some more stock up. I have a note. Uh, officially announced by Peterson in the press conference, Nate Sudfeld broke his left wrist. Mm. Surgery in the morning, not season-ending. I wonder what the recovery time is on that, but he's definitely going to miss a significant amount of time with that. It's good, again, that it's not his throwing hand, so not the end of the world there. So let's go back to uh, stock up, stock down on some players. Mark and Michelle, dude, like, okay, so we start to look at this wide receiver position. We still haven't seen Matt Collins. He was out there before the game catching some one-handers in the back of the end zone as Brandon Lee Gowton was was pointing out before the game, but we don't know what's going on with his status. He's been day-to-day for, it seems like, a year. You start to look at the wide receiver position battle. Guys like Shelton Gibson, I didn't really see anything from him tonight. You see... Mark on Michelle winning that. Uh, that's was it seventy five yard touchdown if I'm not mistaken. Yes, seventy five indeed. And listen, if you, I'll tell you right now, Eagles wide receiver core aside, you beat a Dory Jackson for a deep touchdown. Teams are gonna pay attention. Bruh. That mattered. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like I'll tell you, like, like you're like, oh, you don't want to overestimate one play. Um, I mean, he he toasted a Dory Jackson in man coverage and yeah. then housed it. I mean, and it was a good ball. Um, he could have addressed. He could have addressed it. He 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 took it low, and Jackson had a chance to make a play on the ball and missed it. I would like for him to go high on it, but but stem to stern, it was a good play. Uh, really cool to see how much it meant to him too. Like he he was really psyched, and that that's that's what's fun about the preseason. Watching the guys react as they score. I don't know if it was his first touchdown, but it was obviously a big touchdown. Uh, so no, Michelle stock up. I do not think. You know, the Eagles wide receiver core is going to experience much movement. I would be surprised if any of these, like Carlton Agadosi and, mm-hmm. and Mark and Michelle, potentially make the team. But that play, like, like that play is going to matter for Michelle when other teams come calling to fill out practice squads or to fill out the bottom of the bottom of the rosters. That was a very high quality play. NFL bloodlines too. Sony's brother. Oh, cousin, nice. brother. Yeah, he's very related nice. to Sonny Michelle. It's either brother or cousin. Yeah, very nice. Okay. Yeah, early in the game, too, just to talk about some people that, that that were looking good, the Eagles had three consecutive plays. I think it was on the second drive for the Titans uh, from the defense where the coverage was just outstanding 
uh, with not just the cornerbacks, which were Jones, Maddox, and Rasul, but Sandejo as well in coverage, mm-hmm. and he had to run stuff. We talked about him already, but like overall encouraging signs. Uh, Zach Brown was making some plays. Like it's hard to find other than the safeties that we talked about earlier, and uh, Nate Gary as well. I really didn't see a whole lot of bad, you know, other than the deep, deep cornerbacks when you're getting into the depth chart that kind of struggle a little bit. But overall, like not not too much bad from the defense, even though the uh, the score line won't exactly tell you that. But that's kind of part of you know the offense giving the ball up, not converting on fourth down. Uh, we can talk about Thorson for the last 10 minutes if you want. <laughs> Go back to that. Uh, no, mess. I would say that the, <laughs> the, the the significant move at running back would be stock down for Josh Adams. Can't fumble the football, brother. Yeah. And also, there's no reason to give you targets. So what are you doing? Throwing screen passes to Josh Adams. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess, you know, it's when you throw away play designs in the preseason. So, yeah, so it's stock down. For Josh Adams, stock down for Boston Scott because he didn't play. Stock down for Corey Clements, he doesn't play. And stock down for Wendell Smallwood because I said so, which means by proxy, <laughs> by virtue, by relative measure, stock up. Okay. okay. What about Dude, s- I'm telling you right now, that flat route on third and one was going to the house if Clayton Thorson could keep it out of the freaking turf. <laughs> that was incredible. He couldn't hit him. What about Dallas Goddard, man? Early in the game, he was Don't showing up. Best, best player on the field. Best offensive weapon on the field for either team mm. in the in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, just and 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 the, the, he's going up against not Scrubs. He's going up against Wesley Woodard. Mm. He's going up against like the Titans' starting defense. Yeah. And there's just no you can't you can't. He's too big and too quick to stick. Oh man, he looks great. Our single wide side also looked good. Our single he had, he had like, you know a near diving catch he wasn't able to get. He had a scramble catch. He had a little comeback curl route that he executed well. He had that that route on Dory Jackson where he was pinned a little bit to the line of scrimmage. He made a good play on the ball as best he can. So there's good stuff to take away from our single wide side. Our single wide side, excuse me, our single wide side. Yeah, dude. Uh, there's good uh, stuff to take away from that. I am not going to be able to say our Like I, I don't know if I can. Our white that... Whiteside. Arthago Whiteside. Arthago Whiteside. Yeah, Ar- I mean, Ar- it's how you technically pronounce the sus sound in Spanish, well, in like traditional Spanish. Yeah, that's fantastic. Ortega. I don't. Arthago Whiteside. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to. You be know, this is the sort of thing I'm going to gobble up. It's like yeah. say a model all over it again. <laughs> exactly, but no, you mentioned the matchups, and, and you're right. Like, yeah, it's preseason, but you're going against some of the ones, and JJ Arthago Whiteside was going against one of the ones he, when he had that diving catch that he was just not able to haul in. That was against Malcolm Butler, and he did a great job. I mean, you know, he was in a good spot. Yeah, yeah. Sudfeld sees the the one on one coverage, and he's going to take a shot. We knew we knew that coming into this thing, and he got clean separation. He attacked, you know, the cushion. He stepped on Butler's toes, so to speak, and so you know he's got a step of separation, and he's in great position. This is what I'm talking about when I say that he's not just a jump ball guy. That actually, could, they, the guy can run routes. The guy can get open. So very encouraging signs from JGR Sega Whiteside there. Anybody else in the offense stand out for you today? No, Josh Perkins wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's pretty much the run of it. I think that you're not. You're simply not going to see much movement on the Eagles' depth chart, and so that makes preseason a little bit less interesting from that perspective. But then when you flip it on the other side, there's just a lot. Like like we talked about this when we we're previewing the game. The depth chart is so good that they're going to put good players out there. Like Dallas Goddard does not need to be seeing that action, but he's seeing the action because right. he's tight end too despite the fact that he is the fourth best tight end in the league. so You know, I peaked it before the Mike, game. Mike, did you hear me? I snuck in the fourth best tight end in the league. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very proud of you, Ben. I, I, you know you know that that's how Goddard feels, and he's out to prove that Thank this you. year. And I'm very, very excited for it. And, and what I was going to say was and I, I peeked in on the beginning of the Giants-Jets game because that started at uh, 7 p.m., so it gave me a little half hour to see uh, to see Eli. And I just 
absolutely adore the Giants running a draw on third and eight on their first drive and getting booed, which might set a record for time to boo in the preseason. It was it was a beautiful sight. Right now, one of the uh, the trends on Twitter is uh, rookie quarterback Daniel Jones is the talk of the town in the NFL preseason <laughs> opener. Which I mean, the first drive talk was fine. Of the town, man. like. Talk Sounds like time. I rode the freaking thing. Yeah, I mean, that's because Kyler Murray had speaking hadn't of which, yet. <laughs> speaking of which, of me writing things, we need to have a conversation. Yeah. Why aren't we doing a preseason broadcast for the Eagles? It wasn't my fault that Ross Tucker got, was it laryngitis? It wasn't your fault either. We had nothing to do with that. And he had laryngitis. I also thought I was going to have all summer to campaign because I thought teams made this choice, like, I don't know, like four days beforehand, but they confirmed Tucker, like, in you know, May. And so right. I was caught. Uh, I haven't begun my campaign to the color commentator. But I'm just saying, the people are asking for it, Michael. And we need to deliver. We got to get SB Nation on the phone. We got to get POTUS on the phone. We got to get, you know, the commissioner, Roger Goodell. And also, I don't know, like the supreme ruler of the galaxy. We got to get the right people. I know we can talk to them. We have a case. We gotta call an Eagles preseason game. Yeah. And not a regular season game. I don't wanna do that. That's serious and those are actual good players. Mm. I wanna call a preseason game and I demand on my contract I'm allowed to say bad things. Okay, so about I got Clayton Thorson. I got I got I can't promise anything, but I can reach out to some people because I know there's a format we can do this on. I did this last year with Boothcast for the uh for actually for the Bears game, which was crazy to do it for because of that ending. But I I will reach out and I'll see right. if I can get approval to do this with you, Ben. I'm just saying that we uh, we have very we have a lot of fun on the podcast i think we do a good job and i think we have a lot of people who listen to the podcast which is a great honor and i'm not trying to stunt i'm just saying i think a lot of them would then listen to our broadcast and i think that we would make funny jokes and i would have a good time these are things that i think as long as long as i can get that audio file and dump it into the bgn feed i think we're good here so i would definitely check into that i would love love to call a game with you especially a preseason game where we can be silly and not really care Absolutely. And ideally the fourth preseason game. Mm, the most Just, meaningless yes, of them all. Where not a chance there's even a starter on the field. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Ben, I think that's going to do it for the Kiss and Solak Show 109. You want to say goodbye to the gentle listeners and thank them for tuning in for this super important preseason week one recap. If you uh, if you go ahead and you just close your eyes for a second, gentle listener, you give a, a nice whiff of that breeze. Yeah, you smell it. That's Eagles football, and it's back in the air, baby. <laughs> Welcome to the preseason 2019. Welcome to post-game recaps on the Kiss and Solak show. Winners, losers, and I don't knows is up on BGN.com. You you bet your bottom. There's going to be some film recaps up as well because there are at least seven significant plays to talk about. <laughs> I'm going to watch every single one of them and write about them. We got takes. We got depth chart movement. We got practices. We have uh, regrettably injuries. But there are movers and shakers now in the world of Philadelphia football, and it is a very, very good thing. I am Ben, as always, on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak. He's Mike, as always, on Twitter, at NFL. That's K-I-S-T. You go ahead, leave a rating, a review, and a subscription as we gear up for the 2019 season. Oh, baby, it feels so good. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We will catch you later next week. Yeah, and what I'll be doing is I'll be recording with BLG, May He Forever Rain, after the training camp practice on Saturday. So I'll get his thoughts on this thrilling, erotic preseason game as well. In the meantime, remember, we all we got, we all we need, fly, Eagles, fly. Fly.